Every sports fan knows it's not about how you start the season. It's about how you finish. At MyBookie, 2020 finishes strong with NFL, college football, and the return of NBA action. Sign up today to receive a halfway deposit match up to $1,000. And while you're at it, ring in the holidays with six days of giveaways. You heard it here first. From December 21st to December 26th, MyBookie's hooking players up with free bets, casino chips, and blackjack tournaments with huge cash prizes. And it's all week long. To get in on the action it's simple sign up make your first deposit and enter promo code zabe charlie zulu alpha bravo echo to claim your bonus and start taking advantage of the holiday freebies head over to my bookie and discover this year's batch of fun on-site promotions and win big with six days of giveaways this holiday season bet with the best bet with my bookie Today on the Zabecast, a rose by any other name would smell just as sweet. That's old Bill Shakespeare. Well, looks like we've got that situation with the granddaddy of them all. The Packers headed for the one seed, but do they lack killer instinct? Andy Poland joins me, and he's very meh on the wolfskins. All that plus the long march of the government hypocrites goes on and on. Your high test, not street legal, 30-minute dose of pure me is locked and loaded. So buckle up and let's go. Week number 15 is almost in the books, and you are looking live at a wonderful little cabin in Deep Creek Lake, Maryland, where we have an idyllic Christmas scene because of a recent snowstorm that I I got I to gotta put some pictures out about this. I know it's kind of douchey. I typically don't do that on social media. You don't need to know where I'm at, and I keep my private life as private as I can sometimes, but... Yes, the family and I decided we were going to get away for a couple days before Christmas, somewhere christmas E, And we booked this house and invited my mom and dad, and my uh, niece, Alyssa, has come as well. It's a wonderful gathering. And we just happened to get lucky with a snowstorm that blanketed the mountain a couple days earlier. So we're literally driving on snow-packed roads, and the evergreen trees are just frosted with snow from the tip of them down to the base. And it's magnificent. So we are here, and I sat around inside the cabin all day today watching football and snacking and grazing. But hey, so that's where I am today. And it's weird because I came up from the basement here where I recorded this podcast. And I, well, during segments, I should say, because I'm still here recording it now. And my mom says with a cheery smile on her face, so Stephen, what's the topic today? And I go, oh boy. I'm like, Costanza, I'm like, oh mom. She's a subscriber. She listens a lot. I don't want her listening to this podcast. It's affecting my ability to be me and to be honest and frank and a bit naughty at times with you, the listeners. It's like, do you want mom listening in? I know. She's very proud of me. She loves me. But this was weird tonight because she's asking me what's on the podcast after I came up from the basement recording the podcast, where I'm pretty sure because of the thickness of the walls, she can already hear what's on the podcast. Anyway, this podcast is not for everybody. But if you're here, you're here. So let's get to it. 
Let me start with the granddaddy of them all, the Rose Bowl, which apparently is going to be moving to Dallas, Texas this year because they asked for the uh, exemption to allow at least some limited number of fans into the stadium to see the semifinal game between Alabama and Notre Dame. And, of course, Southern California said no. The health authorities said, "Mm, no, can't do it. So they said, okay, well, then we're going to Texas. Because you know what? It's been 296 days from 15 days to flatten the curve, and this is nonsense. What I wish the Rose Bowl or what I wish the college football playoff committee would have done, I wish they have, would have gone even further and told the Rose Bowl and told the Rose Committee or the Rose Parade Committee, whoever's in charge of it, or the city of Pasadena, or right on up to the governor. I wish they had said, you know what? We've signed a two-year deal with Dallas. And it may not be called the Rose Bowl because I'm sure you get a lot of trademarks on it, but guess what? We're going to call it the, oh, shoot, what's the next best flower to a rose? Just call it something else because nobody fucking cares. They should have said it's a two-year deal. So next year when you think this pandemic will be over, and who knows if it will at this rate, guess what? We're still going to be in Texas. We might like it there. And you know what? If you ever want us to come back, you better start figuring out what that's going to take. Because we, they should make the Rose Bowl beg them to bring the football game back. And you could say, well, they'll still have the parade even without football. They will. But who needs who more, honestly, at the end of the day? Does the parade and the Rose Bowl committee need the football game as much as the college football playoff needs them? I don't think it's even close. So I wish they would have played a little bit of hardball on that front. Apparently... Governor Cuomo in New York said he would like to go see a Bills game. He didn't say specifically if it was this year or in the future, but it's like two things made that very annoying. Number one, A, you're a front-running fan. Fuck you. By the way, great crowd to greet the Bills after their big Saturday night win that clinched the division. The passion of the fans is amazing. The second thing that's annoying about it is, hey, dickhead, you're the governor of the state. You're the one that could have perhaps eased restrictions to allow 10,000, 15,000 fans. That's the thing that kills me watching the NFL and watching college football is that there are states and cities that have fans and then others that have none. And you could say, but it's about the numbers and the spread and the science. It's bullshit. You know it's not. And you know that now that COVID is everywhere, there is no point to any of this. They should have said a long time ago, and this is what a lot of us kind of assumed was the rules of this country. Hey, you know what? It's everywhere. And it could be bad if you have some conditions. But guess what? We're not going to go crazy and give them permission to fill the place, but we can go 50%, or we can go 30%, or we can go 20%, or even 10%. And what has disappointed me the most amongst all this is the fact that the NFL hasn't pressed the issue themselves. The NFL should have come in guns a-blazing to Santa Clara County and said, we will sue you. We will sue to get out of our lease with the stadium if necessary, leaving you with a giant white elephant 
of a building, although I think the NFL or private entities paid for most of that in Santa Clara. Either way, you're the shield. Play some hardball, for God's sakes. Anyhow, that's what I wish would happen. Did you see what San Jose State did over the weekend? They finished their season undefeated. San Jose State, which for years has been a complete dog of a program. In fact, they were 1-11 last year, I believe, and they were finished undefeated this year. I don't know how many games they actually got in, but they were declared Mountain West champions, and they gathered round to sing this. All these guys, arm in arm, swaying, singing. Fucking beautiful, man. This is what football does. Better than any other sport. White kids, black kids, everything in between kids. Rich kids, poor kids, everything in between kids. Fat kids, skinny kids, fast fast kids, slow kids. Kids are going to only kick a football. You need them all in football. And they all come together for a single goal to win football games. It's fucking beautiful. And you know what? That scene, along with a wonderful scene of Wisconsin's players all giddy, having won the axe, the Paul Bunyan axe. I actually called it the battle axe by mistake, and then I... Made some offhanded joke about, you know, wait a minute, that's what a guy in a white T-shirt calls his wife. And somebody complained about that on one of the messages, on one of the uh, comment sections of, of the podcast of that episode. I'm like, really? Anyway, the Paul Bunyan acts. You know, Wisconsin's had a terrible, interrupted, disappointing season that started out great, got interrupted by COVID, finally got on the back, field, back on the field, then started sucking once they did. Lost their, their rivalry game to Minnesota, got it reinstated this week, played it in front of no fans in the stands, and still won, and they were running around as joyous as can be. Beautiful. These, kind of, these are the things that prompted people like Sally Jenkins of the Washington Post and Christine Brennan of the USA Today to absolutely tie themselves in knots over. Oh my God, we can't be playing college football in a pandemic. And they weren't the only ones either. The stench of shame is now the season is finally over, except for the bowls, whatever we're going to have left. More on that with Andy Poland in just a second. The shame of those two entities I just mentioned, as well as Dan Wolken, who was terrible in covering this, Pat Forty, who was terribly biased in this, Dennis Dodd, who was terribly biased in this. To think that they would call this a dark day, that Christine, this is the darkest day in Big Ten history, to decide to play football after all. Just watch that video of San Jose State singing at full throat, arm in arm, brother to brother, coaches, players, black, white, everything. Oh, no, we shouldn't do that. We should be sitting in our dorm rooms hiding from a virus that, to my knowledge, has affected almost nobody 
in college athletics. No hospitalizations. You know we would have heard of them if there were. Very few players who actually were really sick at that age group. There was a bunch of needlessly canceled games and athletic department budgets obliterated and soon to be lacrosse programs, track programs, and golf programs obliterated and eliminated. But otherwise, it was a nothing burger. And would the likes of Wolken and Dodd and Forty and Jenkins and Brennan come out and say, you know what, we were kind of wrong, actually. This was a good idea to play. And hiding out, it seemed like the right thing at the time, but I, I guess I kind of bought into the hype. I guess I was a little bit not aware of my own fears. I'm glad they played this season for as much as they could play it. Do you think any one of them will come out with that? Of course not. So that said, we go play the bowls. We play the college football playoff. More on that in a second with the controversy and people bitching about it with Andy. And we put a wrap on it. And then college athletic departments are going to have a grim winter figuring out where are we going to get the money for all of this. Quickly on the Wolfskins, I thought Dwayne played okay. I think he shows those flashes and then he shows you, yeah, no, dude, you're not supposed to throw it there. Come on, man. The wrist play sheet was interesting because they announced that before the game, Mike Garofalo on NFL Network announced that he would be wearing a wrist play sheet, even though Alex Smith and not. And they said it's because the coaching staff just wanted him to be totally comfortable and didn't want to have to worry about the verbiage and getting it right and everything else. I don't get wrist sheets or play sheets on wrist because Big Ben has one. Tom Brady has one. So it's too easy to go, oh, man, still he hasn't, he hasn't put in the time to learn the offense. He still has to wear a wrist sheet. Some of the best in the business have worn wrist sheets. So I don't know how that works, why that works, what does it mean of anything, and why some you know, quarterbacks are perfectly fine without it. Anyway, the Packers win, and they now have a 79% chance of clinching the number one seed in the NFC. 79%. They got Tennessee at home coming up and then at Chicago to end the year, and that could be academic. So the win by the Packers on Saturday combined with the loss to the Saints by the Saints to the Chiefs on Sunday gives Green Bay a 79% chance. So how come their win over Carolina was so unsatisfying, I guess, for lack of a better word? As Aaron Nagler, our friend and colleague at Cheesehead TV, said, how come for a coach whose motto purportedly is all gas, no fucking break, how come it seems like they get up big, 21 to 3, and then throw on the brakes or shut the engine or start to coast? Again, as I said with Andy in just a moment, you'll hear it. I don't understand what's sort of just letting your foot off the gas versus you just, well, football's weird. Sometimes you don't you have a good drive going on. The Packers have a really good team. Probably the best in the NFC. We were talking about, oh, is L.A. the team that knocks? Are they the one who knocks like Walter White? How can they? They lost to the Jets. More on that in a second as well. Tommy and the Buccaneers rally big from a huge hole against Atlanta. Once again, they rallied 
to beat Matt Ryan and the Falcons. Ouch. So they are now in control of their so-called playoff destiny. And the AFC is much more convoluted. We're not going to spend time right now trying to sort it out. Hello. Hello, Andy. How are you on a Sunday evening? (laughs) Even though our beloved woofed skins couldn't quite pull the upset today. Well, you know, I didn't expect them to win, um, but... But it was uh, right there, is the thing. Yeah. yeah it was the right there. Yeah, uh, I mean, look, look the, the missed extra point was big, but even with <laughs> making the extra point, you're playing for overtime, and you're playing to meet Russell Wilson in overtime. So, you know, you, you got to look at it a lot of ways. Very philosophical of you. Whatever happened yeah. to the... Fire and brimstone, Andy Poland, that used to live and die with every redskin result. What happened? Well, I mean, that was when they were <laughs> contending. And they're contending now. They're sort contending of. now, but it's, it seems like a fake contend. But and it's a totally fake contend. Yeah. The offense was so bad for most of the game. Yeah. I sat there saying to myself, I, I'm having a hard time watching this. They suck. Yeah. Other than dumping it off to Logan Thomas a trillion times, they got nothing. Yeah. I, I, at 20 to 3, I said, that's it. And then they put together a drive and they got back in it. And, you know, I mean, look, I, 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 think, I think Haskins is not going to be here next year, but the way he played in the second half may prove me wrong. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, was, I was impressed at how he played. I was kind of impressed, and here's why I say kind of impressed. I have no idea whether or not the Seahawks went into like an extended prevent or not. My sense is they had to have done something of the sort because he couldn't do shit all day. And then all of a sudden, it's the fourth quarter, and they're up by 18 or 17, and now they're starting to move the ball. Well, I mean, he started to do a couple things. He was he was willing to take off and run, which yeah. he wasn't willing to do in the first half. And you know, the, if you do continue to make yardage passing to to Logan Thomas, keep doing it. I uh, guess things open up. I grant yeah. you that. I guess they open up. Yeah, but the I mean, game look, was there to be won, and they blew it. Yeah, they did. But look, Philadelphia lost today, so they're out, uh, right? Yeah, probably. Does that? Well, Okay, let's let's get the updated standings here and the updated probabilities. The Giants game is going to go off in just a few minutes here, so we will not have that result on today's podcast. Yeah. So Philadelphia's got nine losses. Okay. So let's say they beat Dallas next week. So they're five, nine, and one. Washington needs to win against Carolina, so they'd be seven and eight, right? Well, they, so, well, the Wolfskins have to win at least one more to get to seven. Because at right, six right. wins, that Philly game could be a they win and they're in a situation if the Cowboys lose again and if the Giants don't win again, right? Yeah, well, well the, the, the Cowboys and Eagles will eliminate. One, one will be eliminated next week because they play each other. Okay. So, so the Eagles yeah. could get to six 
and that yeah. would be – and so what is – <laughs> and they play their ass off today, by the way, against Gilbert Arizona. He's good. He's good. <laughs> uh, he, he's a keeper. I, I loved him in college. I really did. did I, I, think, I think he's going to be a good quarterback. What are they going to do with Wentz? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and supposedly it's been leaked out that he doesn't want to be a backup. <laughs> well, I saw that. <laughs> nobody's signing him to be a starter, and nobody's picking up that salary. So he's hanging around next year. They're, they're, and they can't even cut him. They, right. It costs them more money to cut him. Yeah. So, yeah, they're, they're, they're stuck with him, and, and it may be over. And Howie Roseman, the GM, uh, I was uh, I was listening to a little IP radio this weekend in Philadelphia, and uh, and and they're saying he's going to stay no matter what. But signing that that contract extension to Wentz is looking like that's going right. to be just a crusher for the franchise. So if the Eagles beat the Cowboys next Sunday, yeah, and if Washington stubs their toe again against Carolina, and this right. game, by the way, with Ron having circled it. He was so pissed when he got fired with Carolina. He was like, a, how dare you fire me? Remember how pissed off he was? Yeah. No. He they wants to win six. this one so bad. Yeah. And yeah. if they lose it, now you've got a week 17 winner takes all Eagles Washington game unless, in Philly. Uh, unless the Giants beat. Unless the, the Giants beat win two games. If they yeah. get to seven, then they're in. What does a yeah. three-way tie at six do? Well, if the Eagles get to six, they're in because they got six and a half. Right. God, right. I can't. Right. I can't believe we're spending so much time <laughs> analyzing yeah. this, See, fo- this focaccia division. Why, <laughs> why I can't get excited about this? I mean, I, I lived through the days where if they didn't get twelve wins, it was a disaster of a season because they couldn't have the home field advantage throughout the playoffs. Right. <laughs> Right. No, I hear you on that. I um, I, it's weird. I'm I'm here on at a uh, a mountain house in mm-hmm. Deep Creek Lake. Ever been? Yeah, I've heard of it. I've never been never there. been there. Yeah, and my my mom and dad are here with my niece, and it's a wonderful time. But what's great is that I spent all day watching football with my mom, just hanging out inside the house, and my mom is. As you know her, she's quite the football fan, right? Oh, she yeah. knows she knows more than she lets on. And mm-hmm. she sees the graphic as the Saints game is ending about the playoff picture. Mm-hmm. And she says with utter disgust, look at all those numbers and then look at the look at us. <laughs> and I said, I know, Mom. Because every team was like twelve and Two and eleven and four, ten and four, and then it was just six and eight for Washington. Well, look, yeah, every team in the league since Washington won the Super Bowl a hundred years ago has had eleven wins, including the Cleveland Browns. Right, and and Washington has not had eleven wins. It, it, to me, as a growing up as a football fan, if you don't have eleven wins, you're not serious about no. being a contender. No, it's it's so. not a season to even write home about as we like yeah. to say, and they just haven't had it. Well, the offense was terrible for much of the day. Dwayne picked it up late. They had it to win, and they didn't. Womp, womp, womp. Worse fates could befall you as a football fan, such as what has befallen Jet fans. <laughs> oh, the humanity. They yeah. went and won a game for no good reason against a really good opponent on the road. Holy yeah. shit. And they are now behind in the tiebreaker 
with Jacksonville for the number one overall pick. Yeah, because if Jacksonville loses both games and the Jets lose both games, Jacksonville gets the number one pick. That's that's uh, which is Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, which could be a once every twenty years type of quarterback, or could be the next Carson Wentz. Although that's yeah. unfair. He's he's better than Carson Wentz. No, yeah, it appears to be, but but again, you, you just don't know. But yes, look looks like that guy, and Jacksonville actually may be a perfect spot for him. He's from Georgia. Uh, he's, he's, I, I believe he's born again, Christian. Uh, oh yeah. He, he's going to marry his high school sweetheart. I, I think New York would, oh. would chew, chew him up. He, mean, chew he him is, up and spit him out. He is made for that. So it raises the interesting question of what could Jacksonville do that is within the guidelines of acceptable maneuvers to ensure they don't do something dumb, like win a game in these next two weeks. Um, well, I, I think you have to discard Gardner Minshew. I, I don't think you can play him because he's he'll he'll play hard enough to win. <laughs> you, 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 can you yeah. start a practice squad quarterback well, like a Ben what, like a Ben Danucci who played for the Cowboys at one point this year when they had nobody else? Remember how bad he was? Yeah, yeah, well, he, yeah. Well, he came in as a backup when uh, when when Washington knocked out uh, yeah. Dalton. <laughs> he was but, terrible. But he, who was it? Wasn't Jacksonville starting? What's his name? Uh, before Mike Glennon. Minshew. Glennon, yeah, is Glennon healthy? <laughs> start him. Uh, Don't start he, Minshew. Minshew he, will try to win. Well, but okay. See, that's the thing. A lot of guys will try to win. Here's the the big question, which is: Does the NFL need to overhaul its draft rules? No. You said that real quick without even yeah. thinking about it. Because you I've, don't... I've, I've batted this around before. This is a, a popular sports radio topic. <laughs> hey, but Bill no. on line four, you're next. What do you want to talk about? <laughs> hey, uh, Andy, I don't think the NFL <laughs> should have a worst record gets the first pick. There should be a lottery. <laughs> yeah, there's this only 16 games, you know, and and, and I, I have believed this for a long time. Even though 16-0 and 0 has only been done once and 0-16 has been done twice, it seems to me it's harder to go 0-16. It is really, really hard because as our friend and mentor and colleague and predecessor, one Ken Beatrice once said, (laughs) as he once told us in the bullpen over and over and on the air, you know, more games are lost in this league than are won. It's absolutely true. You're next online for, for those that don't know, by the way, Ken Beatrice was a sports radio host in Washington, D.C. before the format really even existed and became the go-to guy for all of us sports fans in the market. And he had a nice base of solid sports knowledge and a thick, thick layer of pure P.T. Barnum and bullshit. Right, Andy? Right. The internet ended his career because <laughs> that's suffice to say because people could look shit up and go, "You're lying. You're just making yeah. this up." He could just scatter manure all over the place for years, and then when you could instantly Google his facts or his so-called facts, but he, he said it with such confidence. And yeah. you know what? He's not wrong about that statement. More no, games no, are he, lost he, in this league than won. He, Teams fuck up and they just lose a game. They throw it away. Yeah. You know, look, that when O.J. Simpson, you, you know, the, it's a good week to tell this. The, the Santa Claus story in Philadelphia, when they booed Santa Claus. Yeah, the, the they reason, booed Santa Claus and allegedly threw snowballs at him. Right. And, and the reason that the Eagle fans were so irritable was because they had won a game the week before. 
And by winning their second game meant that they weren't going to get the number one pick. That was going to go to the Buffalo Bills, who had actually won only one game. But their one win was against the New York Jets, who would go on to win the Super Bowl. But uh, they were irritable because they won that second game, meaning they wouldn't get the number one pick, wouldn't be able to take O.J. Simpson. And, and so that's what ultimately led to the snowballing of Santa Claus in Philadelphia. Yeah, and, and they also like to say, did you see the Santa Claus? It was a really bad Santa. He was skinny. His costume was falling off. His beard was no good. And I'm like, you Philly savages, you'll make up any excuse. You still booed Santa. But he was was a weak Santa. Oh, he was a weak Santa? Okay. Yeah. All right, college football. People are pissed about the committee and what the Final Four is going to be. Do you have a problem as it'll be Bama, Notre Dame, Clemson, Ohio State for the college football championship? Okay. First of all, Alabama's number one, right? No yeah. argument there. Okay. Clemson, with Trevor Lawrence, is the second-best team in college football, maybe the best, right? right? Okay, now you're talking about three and four. Ohio State went unbeaten. They, they played all the games that they, had, they were able to play. It wasn't their fault the games got canceled because of COVID. They won them all. So, to me, they should be three. Now you're talking about who's the four. Is it Notre Dame or is it Texas A&M? Notre Dame lost to Clemson, which is the second team. Alabama handed the only loss of the season to Texas A&M. Notre Dame's a sexier team. I'm sorry. It's it's show business. And, <laughs> and, 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 so, and you know what? Either one of them is going to lose to Alabama. So well, that's the thing. Well Notre Dame. That's the thing. Uh, only Clemson, we think, has a puncher's chance. And maybe they're the better team. I mean, Clemson has gotten the better of Nick Saban twice in the last three years. That's pretty right. impressive. Right, right. So, so to me, it's it's a lot of noise. And you want to put Cincinnati in there? Fine. Cincinnati will lose to Alabama by fifty. You want yeah, that? Yeah. Go ahead. As I said on Friday's podcast, I said I'm in favor of the road to certainty format for an eight team playoff, which is you get eight teams, five Power Five conference champions as determined by their own league, East versus West, and a championship game, two at large, and one dedicated seat for the non-Power Fives that they can vote for themselves. Say, you want to create a committee for the group of five? Have fun. You want to do it via some statistical stew? Fine, whatever. And just lock it in, and we get that every year. Now, the complaint would be, well, some years a weak sister is going to surprise a conference title game and win it. And my answer to that is, fine. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, football to me is different than basketball. You know, basketball. You don't like that plan? I I like. What don't you like about it? Here's what. That you can do that. That's fine. But then there's going to be some team that is in a major conference that lost only one game and lost by you know two points to the number. Couldn't one they team. be? Couldn't they be an at large? I suppose. But then you'll get the same kind of fetching <laughs> where people will say, "Oh well, you know, all they want is the big time guys in there." You know, led, led by the Feinstein Brigade who's always looking out for oh, the little guy. Screw them. <laughs> See, know? I think the eight team is needed because you just want certainty as to how to get there. You it's can't too feel many, what? Too many, look, this, this is a good setup. New Year's Day, you got your two big games, and then the following week you play for the championship. You're going to have two weekends of that? It's too much. Basketball's different. Basketball, these college basketball games are played 
in less than two hours. These college football games go on for four hours. So you got to invest a full day, right. one weekend to get to your final four. And then you got to invest another full day. And then you get, I mean, it's just too much. It four four teams to me seems right. Yeah. All these bowl games getting canceled as well. Uh, we're we're going to have, we're going to have a bowl season. That's going to look a lot like 1978, right, Andy? Well, uh, 19, oh, 1978 just, when just, just 1978 like, when there was literally like a dozen bowls total. Yeah, something like it. Well, th- I mean, there's there's funny stuff like Maryland says at two and three. Yeah, don't consider us for a bowl. You were two, <laughs> two and three. And three. <laughs> hey, we're out. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Hey, don't 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 call us. You know. Well, nobody nobody was really going to pound on your tour to go anyway. Guess but, how many bowls hey. there were in 1978? I'm looking it up right now. Okay, um, uh, well, there were five on New Year's Day, and then you had, I know we had, like, All right, the, the five Bowl. New Year's Day were, I don't know my uh, dinger on me, but I'll ding it for right, you. so we had, we had the Rose Bowl, the ding, Cotton Bowl, uh, ding. Bowl, Cotton Bowl, Orange Bowl. Sugar Bowl. Sugar Bowl. Gator Bowl was a New Year's Day bill. Uh, you know, that probably was it. Yeah. So yeah. The, the total was 15. 15? Is that low? And it included the Ast... Yeah, that's a lot. There was like... There was going to be like 42 this year before COVID. I know. I know. I know. It's insane. The Astro Blue Bonnet Bowl was one. The Garden State Bowl was another. Mm. The Hall of Fame Classic, the Holly Bowl, the Liberty Bowl, the Peach Bowl, the Sun Bowl, and the Tangerine Bowl. Yeah. Maryland played in that a few times. That wasn't a bad bowl. Yeah. So, So anyway... You got these schools, Army, which just won the Commander-in-Chief trophy in thrilling fashion with a last-second touchdown against Air Force, was left out. And now they're scrambling to find an opponent. They couldn't get them a bowl game. Yeah, I know. It's, look, it, 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 we're getting through this. The vaccine is on the way. Hopefully <laughs> next year we'll look back and we'll say, what a mess that was. Oi, Gavalt. As you yeah. like to say, boy, Vasemir. Did yeah. you see any of Tiger Woods and his son oh. Charlie? And Let what was you your thoughts? It, it, it's one of the best things I have ever seen. Now, really? The, the, yeah. The only thing, <laughs> the only thing that worries me oh, is, and 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 you, you, your kids have grown up pretty fast too. It, it, seven years before he goes to college, right? So. In a flash, he's going to be on the front burner of, okay, is he next? Is he next? And the amount of pressure that's going to be on him, and it seems to me, you're a golfer, you know this much better than I, pressure plays a bigger role in golf than anything else. And I think that by the time, hopefully Tiger understands this. Everything he said around Charlie has has indicated that he's going to, you know, make sure he's not Earl too with his Yeah. But but the the amount of pressure that could be on Charlie by the time he's ready to go to college, and uh, and then you know eventually turn pro could be amazing, could be unbelievable. But but Did the swings you, are freaking identical. I they, mean, it's scary. Yeah, they, they really are. For for anyone who's a golfer, you look at it, you, you look at his swing, and you see the positions, and you see the hip rotation, and all the right stuff. See, this is what's interesting about golf, Andy, is that once upon a time. Kids who were 11 didn't possess a technically perfect swing, which Tiger's kid does. Because in 1978, let's go back to that year, um, you didn't have video analysis. You couldn't go watch your swing. 
You had to be taught, like, well, do this, move here. You might look at your swing in the mirror. That was it. And so you figured out your own kind of natural way to hit a golf ball. But now we know this position, this position, here, here, here. We've broken it all down. And these kids are such good mimics, as you saw with Tiger's kid. He mimicked Tiger's sort of non-swing motions, the step, Mm -hmm. the twirl, the this, the that. These kids that are athletic, that have good genes, and he does, can mimic the swing really well, and so it's a perfect swing. But golf is not a game of perfect swing. It's a game of get the ball in the hole and be mentally tough. I think this kid wants the pressure, Andy. You say you're worried about the pressure. This is not going to be a Todd Marinovich 2.0. I hope not. Yeah. So. Yeah, not, and not just from Tiger. I mean, from everybody. Who's, <laughs> oh, oh, are you the next? Are you the next? Are you the next? And and it's it's very unusual that a, a, a guy that great has a kid who's as good or better. It was it almost, was it wrong that Elon was nowhere to be seen? Oh, I think that was the right move. Yeah. Oh, really? I, I think she, yeah. You think she should have been there? It's his mom. Yeah, but you know, this is a father son thing. You know, let let her. Let him do his thing with her. Plus, you know, everybody be – has she ever appeared at anything the Tiger's been at since they divorced? I don't I, I, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe I, I it's think... maybe it's a bit much of a reach. I will say this. my my Someone in the house here while I was up this weekend said, so do they ever resolve that? Oh, yeah, it was my dad. He goes, <laughs> he goes oh, that's Tiger's son. Is that the one we with he ha- that is that the one he had with the former nanny that he had the trouble he said the trouble with and I said yeah. yes yeah. and he the said he, and yes. he <laughs> said did did he ever resolve that and I go yeah five hundred million dollars later yeah well, that okay. was the number on that divorce easy check to write. You sure it was? It's a lot of money, man. Tiger's a cheapskate. He didn't even buy some of those mistresses' uh, food, much less anything of value. But but, but that was one, you know, because the last thing he wanted was a long, drawn-out court battle over That's true. He needed an escape to get out. All right. Will the Wolf Skins bring it home, yes or no? Uh... I'm going to say yes. I, I think they're going to find out. I think the Philadelphia game is really going to be a, a tough All game right. to win. I All really right. do. Very good. Andy, always a pleasure. Thank you, sir. All right, Dave. Happy See holidays. Yep, you too. Let's end on this. The long march of the government hypocrites continues unabated. Now you can add that Dingbat, Deborah Burks, Dr. Deborah Burks, and her scarves to the mix. The scarf-wearing, grizzled old Washington swamp creature who urged people not, emphasis not, to travel during Thanksgiving, you're never going to guess what she did herself over Thanksgiving. Ooh, ooh, I see a lot of hands going up in the classroom. Well, Timmy and Susie and Jimmy and Johnny, it looks like you've been paying attention. Who would like to answer? Oh, you're right. She did go traveling over Thanksgiving, despite urging Americans to stay home. Here's the story from 
the New York Post. Dr. Deborah Burks traveled with family out of state over Thanksgiving weekend, just disregarding her own advice to stay home and not gather during the holidays. The White House Coronavirus Response Coordinator was joined by three different generations of family at one of her vacation properties, one of her vacation properties, on Fenwick Island in Delaware on November 27th, just one day after Thanksgiving. The group included her husband, Paige Reffy, a daughter, a son-in-law, and two young grandchildren. They were from two separate households. Burks has a home in Washington, D.C., another in Potomac, Maryland, and another one in Fenwick Island, Delaware. Must be nice. She defended the trip by saying that she needed to take care of some winterizing of the property before a potential sale. Said Burks in a statement, I did not go to Delaware for the purpose of celebrating Thanksgiving. Oh, that's so full of shit. All of them. This was this was like in Michigan when the governor went up to her boathouse uh, or her lake house and said it was just to put a boat in the water. Oh no, no, we weren't we weren't violating our own do not leave your house orders. Of course not. Parks had urged people in the days leading up to Thanksgiving to keep gatherings to your immediate household. However. She had multiple households gather in hers while she was busy winterizing it. Burke said at the time that every American is obligated to make sacrifices to stop the spread of the virus. Yes. Uh, It just never ends. Her trip came to light from a relative who said they had concerns about her social distancing during the pandemic. So in other words, she got ratted out. (laughs) she cavalierly violated her own guidance said kathleen flynn whose brother is married to burks's daughter apparently burks has never met her one of the sources of friction has been burks's visits to the potomac home where her elderly parents daughter and grandchildren live But Flynn's father, Richard Flynn, said he trusted Burks to make the correct decisions. Dr. Burks is very conscientious and a good doctor and scientist from everything I can see. And she's full of shit, just like the rest of them. Dr. Deborah Burks. Oh, and did you see the uh, little boy, the little Timmy who was concerned about Santa Claus and the coronavirus? And so he asked, Dr. Fauci on television, is Santa Claus going to be okay? And Fauci said, oh, yeah, don't worry. I went to the North Pole myself and vaccinated him. He is good to go. What an egotistical ass. I did it myself. If that doesn't let you see the God complex on this guy, I, I don't know what else to say. He could have just said, you know what, Timmy, don't worry. Uh, Santa Claus is from a region of the country in which they're very hardy and they're not susceptible to this virus. And he sees so many people and he goes so many places every year for Christmas. He has already been exposed multiple times over to just about everything that the world could offer. And so therefore, we have no worries about Santa Claus. Oh, no. Fauci said, oh, I went there myself, me. 
and I vaccinated him. And then I, uh, I threw a pitch, 102 miles an hour. I swear it did. All right, that should be it for today. Thank you so much for listening. The podcast never ends, even when I am on vacation with the family. They're probably sick of me yelling here in this empty bedroom. Don't forget, you can join us for Sunburn Bowl 2. Call Travel Leaders if you want to go to Mexico with me and the gang from 97.3. The game, we're going to an incredible adults-only resort that's only operating at 60% capacity. They've got all the precautions, and it's going to be an epic time. It'll help you get 2021 off on the right foot because we have had a year of our lives stolen from us by government nincompoops. Go to TL Trips, uh, 833-TL Trips is the number, 833-TL Trips. And join us even if you don't live in and around Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And, of course, MyBookie.com, special promotion. You've heard about it through the ads here on today's podcast. Get on board and make your holidays even brighter with some sweet, sweet action. Bet with your head, no over it, enjoy, and go to MyBookie.com and sign up today. All right, one more game left in week number 15, and then it's a fantastic two-week finish to the very end, and we are looking forward to it. Thanks for listening. Have a great Monday, and we will see you next time. Every sports fan knows it's not about how you start the season. It's about how you finish. At MyBookie, 2020 finishes strong with NFL, college football, and the return of NBA action. Sign up today to receive a halfway deposit match up to $1,000. And while you're at it, ring in the holidays with six days of giveaways. You heard it here first. From December 21st to December 26th, MyBookie's hooking players up with free bets, casino chips, and blackjack tournaments with huge cash prizes. And it's all week long. To get in on the action it's simple sign up make your first deposit and enter promo code zabe charlie zulu alpha bravo echo to claim your bonus and start taking advantage of the holiday freebies head over to my bookie and discover this year's batch of fun on-site promotions and win big with six days of giveaways this holiday season bet with the best bet with my bookie